In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Are we getting twisted as a culture in what we consider remarkable? Does it have to be over-the-top 10 o'clock news worthy to be remarkable? Welcome to Girlfriend It, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. We're Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. And Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan have been <laughs> filled up with meetings this week, literally from the time we wake up till the time we've gone to bed, not together, obviously, yes. in separate homes <laughs> with separate husbands, that is. Um, we have had just a, a crazy schedule, but it's My mom is sore, by the way. <laughs> many, many meetings, but many remarkable women. We've had some great conversations, and it's been exciting to see what other women are doing. Absolutely. Well, and because we've been in so many meetings, I have not had a chance to stop and mock you on something. Oh, great. So I'm going to take this opportunity right now in front of all of our closest friends and family members. <laughs> Um, okay, the other night we have this, our team over and we're rallying them to do the remarkable because that's what we're passionate about. And so we're, we're sitting around. So before we got started to get the synergy and kind of get everybody going, you have a little icebreaker game, which I love icebreaker games and it's a great way to get going. <laughs> so you have this little bag of questions that you had everybody draw a question from. Okay, so I have to tell you something I haven't I haven't mentioned to you, I haven't told you. This is like confession time. I think you need to tell me first before you all of a sudden break this out to the listeners. Okay, well, I'll <laughs> tell you first, so hopefully nobody will listen. But, um, you know, it's a bag and you draw a question and then you answer it. Well, I was about the third person to draw my name, draw something. So I got the bag when the rest of you were discussing the person next to me's question and I didn't like my question. I drew, like, three questions, so I got the question I liked. That was a part of the rules, though. If you didn't like the question, you could put it back. Oh, back. I didn't hear that part, yeah. so I'm okay. Yeah, of course you didn't, because you were I, talking. I was talking to the other person <laughs> next to me. Okay, so I didn't break the rules. Okay, bummer. <laughs> well, anyway, the question I got, which was kind of funny, I had to act like a rabbit. Which you did really well, by Thank the way. Thank you. Thank you. And then it was funny because then the gal next to me who, um, you know, is a little quieter than we are, she gets the question, um, what makes you distrust somebody? So it's like, whoa, we went from a rabbit to we just went down the rabbit hole really deep. And so <laughs> she was kind of like, okay, you get the rabbit, I get the, you know, what the deep, dark, yes, I want to know yes, your inner soul. Yes. Is that what you're mocking me on? Yes, because <laughs> your questions were so random. And it was like, but they were fun. Well, they are random, but it, 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 for those of you who like to do icebreakers, the randomness is what makes it so fun is because you get people laughing 
And then it's kind of like you're exposing yourself in a funny way, so it's okay then to expose that those inner secrets and some of that stuff that you wouldn't normally talk about. Right. So you get their mouth open, opened, laughing hysterically, and then all of a sudden you can shove those other ideas <laughs> down their throat. Well, you know, it does. It does lower, it does um, take our defenses down when you're laughing. Yeah. And having fun together and it gets the synergy going in the group. And it makes you, go, you be a little bit more authentic, I think, when you're at that point where you're laughing together and then you start being real together. So, um, exactly. Well, you know what? Um, we were talking about doing the remarkable today. And so we were kind of just thinking through what is remarkable? I mean, that really is a good question because mm-hmm. such a, it's, it's, it depends on who you ask and what is remarkable to one person is not remarkable to the other. But even just when you see what gets um, the attention of our society and our culture these days and what they kind of say is remarkable would not be exactly what we would label well, that. And, and maybe it's always been that way, but it seems as though um, in, in our culture right now that when you look at the news, it's we, we are elevating and, and making these, um, like that snooky, I don't know, Jersey Shore gal. Or I've you, never you, seen that show. I have not seen the show, but I keep hearing you're just standing in the checkout lines and you can see her face plastered on the magazines and you're going, okay, who is this gal? And then to come to find out, she's been arrested. She, um, for DUI and just, yeah, all, all sorts of, she, and she's known and like for just kind of bizarre behavior and you can't predict what she's going to do. And that's why people are drawn to her and to follow her on these reality shows. But it kind of stands out as remarkable because it it makes the news and oh. it makes the the magazine. There, I, I I I just read the other day. It's like in its third season, and it's just bad behavior. We're just making bad behavior be a good thing. And like this JetBlue flight attendant, um, I noticed. You know, and and I'm laughing because here we are saying we're elevating this as a culture, and yet we're even talking about it. Right. But we're trying to talk about it to go, okay, how do we swing the pendulum back to let's elevate remarkable things and remarkable people that are serving others rather than the ones who are having a disgraceful behavior? Well, and, you know, the whole thing with the Step Blue flight attendant, I've been kind of following it a little bit because you can't, you can't avoid it. It's everywhere. Every time you turn the TV on or you pick up something on the radio, everybody's talking about him. But I know you were a flight attendant in your former life, and um, I didn't understand all the significance. It's like, because it's like, it's a crime. It's, it's all this, because yeah, I guess he got irritated from a passenger. He gets on the mic, says some things inappropriate. And totally inappropriate. This, yeah, and takes his job and shove it. And then he kind of walks over, grabs a, a beer, and then opens the emergency exit, and the slide goes out, and he slides down. Okay, to me, I go, all right, he opened the emergency exit and slid down, but that is significant. Well, it is significant, and I know that um, they're even talking about he, he's relishing in his cult status, um, and you go, okay, maybe people don't understand that when you open up that slide and that slide goes down, and you think of the money that was involved in that because, well, first of all, those slides are really expensive, now they have to remove that flight off the aircraft. So all those people, they weren't going to be able to go from New York to wherever they were their final destination. They have to put that aircraft back in for FAA reasons to make sure that that flight is packed so the maintenance has to be involved in it. So you're, you're talking thousands of dollars, yet alone all the passengers have to be rerouted on another aircraft. And there, there are huge consequences to that behavior. And, and we're going, it's okay to have a temper tantrum. Just as if we're able to look at a two-year-old and go, it's okay. 
to me, if my two-year-old is messing up, it's okay for him to have a temper tantrum, but I'm sorry, if he did like thousands of dollars in exactly. my house, yes. there's going to be a bigger consequence for that. And Absolutely. It is going to be a felon in there. I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing because people are fighting over his interview and they're talking about who in Hollywood should, should play him in a movie. It's just, it's just crazy what, we, what stands out as remarkable. Yes. And yet we are so passionate. Like even the other night when we were sitting around with our team and, and we asked the question, we asked them, what does the remarkable look like to you? And it was just so cool because, like we said, remarkable looks different to, uh, to other people. And I just remember one of the gals, Carrie, she sat there and she's, she's kind of quiet by nature, but she lit up. Because she started talking, she loves to write, and she is like a passion. She's kind of buried a little bit, which I think sometimes we do because life interrupts yes. us, you know, in our pursuit and, and in our passions. And so she kind of buried it and kind of put it on, on a back burner, and she had dealt with domestic violence, which is a passion. And mm-hmm. so many times, remarkable stems out of pain that we've, you know, encountered in our life, and so we take that pain how do we transform that pain into something positive? And so Carrie has rediscovered that writing has been very therapeutic and very healing. And now she's going into and working with young gals and having them write their story and, and working with them to do that. And she is like thriving. Well, in so many times we feel like we can't do where our passion points are. We can't do the remarkable because sometimes our remarkable doesn't be the families and doesn't pay the bills, but if you just tweak a little bit of your day, I mean, it's that whole rule of just tweaking something 15% that you can work. She's a teacher, so you can work and do what maybe might pay the bills, but add that that passion point into your life, which is usually it's going to help others. Exactly. And, and, and so many times, you know, you hear that, and yet we don't know how we can do it in our day. But that 15% tweak can really do some fantastic things. Well, and I think so many times as women we beat ourselves up. and We think, I have nothing to offer. And, and we compare ourselves to somebody else that's, you know, doing world peace. Yeah. Well, even, even in the, one of the meetings that we were attending, it was interesting because one of the gals, she's just phenomenal. And Jessica Pierce, she's starting her own radio show. She's writing a book. She's... Uh, putting, literally putting Americans back to work with her job seekers. And so she's going on and on. She has three kids. So you're looking at her going, okay, this is a mom that's really just attacking life and activating everything she touches. And then we had one gal that was sitting there as we were going around talking about what do you see as remarkable and what are you doing to, to, you know, help others. And she said, I'm surviving my day. (laughs) That is remarkable to me. And it's true. I mean, she and has she said, vicariously living through your guys' story. Because that might be the season in your life. But exactly. I, I mean, in my little lens, I can't imagine that she walked out of there and, and wasn't inspired that maybe I can tweak something. Not saying that doing wonderful mom things, but there might be one thing, and that might be making a meal for somebody else who's in that same survival mode that she's in. Well, and what is so funny is so many times we don't see – the remarkable in ourselves, because like even this gal that said, I just, I'm trying to just survive the day and that's my remarkable. Mm-hmm. She is a remarkable gal. I look at her and I go, okay, but you have such a, an outgoing personality that you light up a room. You're always willing to like come alongside and, and just show up. Are you, talk- are you talking about me? No, you were on the other <laughs> side of the room. You weren't sitting next to me. 
you know, you, so we, so sometimes we can't always see the remarkable in ourselves, mm-hmm. and and sometimes that's why we need we need girlfriends in our lives, we need other people in our lives, our spouses to say, you know, and maybe sometimes we need to ask that question. Okay, I'm in a spot right now. I can't see beyond to just get through this day. Mm-hmm. What is something you see in me that is a positive thing? We need that positive reinforcement. We need to be telling each other, you know what, you are remarkable for who you are. And, and you can do remarkable things. Absolutely. We're getting ready to go to a commercial. But just hold that thought of how, who in your life can be your ambassador. I'm that, holding on. Are you holding on? I will be your ambassador, and I will tell you how wonderful and absolutely fabulous I'm you are. I'm holding on to that. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Togginet. Starting November 4th, Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking. And then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical Thinking in the Real World with Janet Hens, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Mommy Mentor with Phyllis Palmetta is on Toginet, Tuesday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. The Mommy Mentor is all about family, daily life struggles, saving money, weight loss, cooking, organizing, relationships, and a touch of inspiration and motivation. Phyllis ensures through the Mommy Mentor that moms have a voice, a shoulder, a friend. Phyllis is an amazing woman who has the ability to weather the storm with her pearls on and keep right on going. And the Mommy Mentor was born of that spirit because at any given moment, you might find yourself in need of support from someone who has been there. And Phyllis has definitely been there. With her husband and three kids, the struggles they faced, that's what the Mommy Mentor is all about. One mommy showing support for another mommy. Whether you're a seasoned veteran mommy or a brand new mommy, the Mommy Mentor is here to offer you support, share stories, connect on a spiritual level, and make new friends. Check out themommymentor.com. And then don't miss the show, The Mommy Mentor with Phyllis Palmetta. Tuesday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. 
our next guest is an amazing woman. Her name is Jeannie Dexter, and she uh, lets her goals guide her. She's a businesswoman, mom, and also a fabulous friend. And Jeannie, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Jeannie, we're so excited to have you on the show. And we are talking about just women that are out there doing the remarkable. And I know um, this summer I had an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better, and you were sharing just some of the things from your heart and what you were starting in the fall. Can you tell us a little bit about your passion points and what you're starting up this fall? Um, Sure. Uh, Well, it uh, kind of all just evolved um, about uh, 24 years ago. I uh, made a decision. Um, that I felt at the time was certainly going to change my life, which I thought for the better, um, and temporarily it did. Uh, but what I learned over the course of the years um, wasn't necessarily the best choice I could have made. And finding that out, um, fast forward about oh, four or five months ago, um, had a conversation with my aunt who was sharing with me her passion, um, and the passion, remarkably, <laughs> um, that we share together is uh, the healing from suffering and abortion. Wow. Um, so from that, um, my, actually, my aunt um, has been working hard for the past year and a half um, to bring to light, just to our church in particular, but uh, churches all over, the need to uh, just love and minister to women who have suffered abortions, uh, women who are considering abortions, uh, pregnant women who are scared and don't know what to do. And um, from that, um, we did attend a Bible uh, study together, and I'm very excited to announce that um, we will be starting this fall in September um, the Bible study that is called Surrendering the Secret. Mm. Hmm. Yes. And, you know, the, I love the name. Lisa and I were just talking um, about how you have to. What, what was the quote that you said that was just so profound? Which one? <laughs> the one about extinguishing before you add. Oh, life is about, uh, more about elimination as it is consumption. The elimination, extinguishing, you know. It's all, I was going to say, what does thing, that have to do with it? It was an E word. <laughs> <laughs> but you do, you have to eliminate those secrets sometimes before you can, you move, you move on. Absolutely. They kind yeah. of consume your thoughts. And you know, when, when, when they're a secret, as you know, then they, they really do con- kind of control you. So it's like it's kind of exposing in the right time, in the right way, bringing the darkness to light so that you can really heal and move forward. And Jenny, love that you have done that. And then even able to share with your aunt and find a shared passion. I mean, and that's, that's so encouraging because you don't feel like you're alone. I think so many times as women, we suffer in silence and an aloneness, and we feel like we're the only ones that, that are carrying this burden. And when you start sharing it, you know, with discernment, like we said, you realize that you're not alone and that there's other women who share this and that maybe together, coming together, you can do something remarkable and help others to avoid that. Well, it was, it was very ironic as uh, it's an eight-week class, and as we sat around the first night, of course, no one would talk. Yeah. Uh, the second night, still no talking, which by the time we got to the third night, we realized we were afraid to share what our secret was, but the irony was our secret was all the same. 
And, we were yeah. in the most non-judgmental safe place we could ever be, mm-hmm. and it took us almost three weeks to realize that. And um, it, it's it's amazing when you do let that out. Your fear is judgment and hate and you know ridicule, but the total opposite happens. And mm. it's open arms and it's love, and it's you know what let's. Let's just be together. And, you know, it, it was ironic when Patty asked me and said, you know, it's about remarkable women and you're a remarkable woman. I thought, you know, I'm not. What's remarkable in my life is my friends and my family and the remarkable people that are in my life. And that is just a reflection. But you know what? I, am. I think you have remarkable people in your life because you've, you've put yourself out there. Because so, so many times people, they feel like, I don't know how to get remarkable people in my life. I don't know how to surround myself. And so many times it starts with just putting it out there. And you have to reach out and do your part. And I think we, we expect others to always come into and make the first advance or initiate. And so many times we have to just put it out there and maybe make the first step in the process. Which leads to the question, Jeannie, how did you find out that your aunt had had an abortion? How did that conversation even begin where you guys connected on that level? Well, it's ironic because um, my husband and I have been involved in a small group um, for five plus years. And um, she is also a part of it. And uh, one night of our small group, um, she which we knew she had something she was going to share. Well, my husband and I could not attend. And the next day, ironically enough, um, my mother goes to, and she said, did you hear what Rita had to share last night? And I said, I didn't. And, and uh, she was telling me about the ministry and everything she was going to start. And I said, well, I said, is it safe to assume she's had an abortion? And my mother said, yes, why would you say that? And I said, well, typically a passion arises out of something that you have personally experienced. And she said, so you're not shocked? I said, no, I'm not shocked. Unknowingly to my mother, up until about two months ago, my mother had not known that I myself had uh, chose to have an abortion, um, which was the last person I had to really let the secret out to before I could go public, Mm -hmm. Um, which in itself is a story, a beautiful story, but a story. So uh, when I approached my Aunt Rita, I said, can you and I go talk about what you shared? Her still not knowing. <laughs> um, we sat down, and she started her spiel. And about, oh, five minutes into it, I said, okay, I can stop you or you can continue. And She said, what do you mean? And I said, well, none of this is new to me. And from there, our, our lunch turned into three hours. <laughs> mm. And um, she, you know, she has just said over and over again, Jeannie, I can't do this alone. And you know, it's just been amazing how doors have been opened and things are happening and that, you know, you are coming alongside and helping with that. And uh, my initial response to her when we met was, don't think I'm going public. Don't think I'm doing anything about this. <laughs> I've lived with it for 24 years. I'm good. <laughs> so that comes back as a little teasing every now and then. But um, definitely put us on a different level. It's taught me to be very careful how I judge people at face value. Um, be, be very careful because I don't know everyone's story. Um, it's very easy to see them and be around them and hear them and watch them and judge them. Um, but I myself, people, when I tell them, are shocked. Um, and 
I'm, I'm, I'm learning to understand that inside of every human being is a child that a mother loves, that a father loves, and um, so I'm learning that. Well, how did you go about then after, you know, you've, you've kind of exposed yourself and, like you said, you, you didn't want to go public with it, but now obviously you have even more so this morning. Yes. But, um, <laughs> what then, at that passion point, how did it lead to getting an entire group together? Because that's powerful. You know, I'll tell you, um, it's really, really uh, given credit to um, there's a woman, Jenny Larson, at the Crisis Pregnancy Center, and um, her helper, Tessie, um, who have started leading these um, these small group Bible studies um, to help these women just to understand that um, although we get a, we are given a tragedy or we choose the wrong path, that um, we can take that and we can change that and we can use that for good. And we can bring happiness and joy and healing. And um, literally, they have been trying to launch these groups um, just to women all over the valley. And it is their study that uh, we attended. And um, so that's what we have adopted. And um, I will be, um, Rita has really launched it. Um, she has an amazing, amazing ministry program going on um, just to let women know, you know what, we love you, we don't judge you. Um, come and let us put our arms around you. Let's do life together. And in that, um, these these studies will be offered, and I can tell you as walking in, um, it'll change your life eight weeks later. That's, you know, we're going to put that information on our website at girlfriended.com so women can connect with you guys and find, get more information with that. But, you know, I just when commenting, I think so many times, as women, or just as people in general, it, when we do choose a wrong path or we make a decision or something is done to us, so many times we can stop right there and allow that to paralyze us and go, I can't do Remarkable anymore, and you can't see beyond that situation. And in your case, you are doing something significantly remarkable, which originated with the pain, and you didn't let it define you, and you didn't let it control you. And I think that is really significant for people to understand. Don't let a, a mistake, a past mistake, define who you are and control the rest of your life. Today's a new day. You can change. And that I think that's a message I'm hearing from you is change. You yep. can change. You can do something about it. It's not who you are. Yep. And on that note, we only have one more minute, Jeannie. Can you just leave a couple of tips for our listeners? Because you've said some really powerful things there. Um, I can. You know, I've uh, thought about wh- what can I say, um, what can I recommend to people, and I have two things. Um, the first thing I want to say quickly is um, I'm very heavily involved with students. Um, from this and from my own children, a passion has just risen out of me beyond description. Um, just please love on our generation. Um, these mm-hmm. kids are going through things. We've never understood. Um, please just love on them. Be a big brother. Be a big sister. Volunteer. Uh, daddies, take your daughters out on a date. You know, moms, take your sons out to a movie. Go to a game. Do something. But just be in these kids' lives because um, they're important and they want it bad. Um, secondly, um, I'm just going to say quickly that people always ask me, hey, Jeannie, have you read this book? And I'm horrible at reading books. <laughs> but what I love is I love music lyrics. 
and I read lyrics all the time without the music. I just read them. So quickly, I'll read to you. Um, it just says, I want to leave a legacy. How will they remember me? Did I choose to love? Did I point to you enough to make a mark on things? I want to leave an offering, a child of mercy and grace, who blessed your name unapologetically and leave that kind of leg- legacy. I'm not well-traveled, not well-read, not well-to-do or well-bred. Just want to hear instead, well done, good and faithful one. So leave a legacy. Thanks, Jeannie. You bet. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Are you going through a crisis? Do you have a tough question you want an answer to? This is your show. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Brilliant Essence speaks to the empowerment of women to find their highest power. Your host, Astrid Stromberg, channels answers to the toughest questions women ask of themselves. Issues ranging from divorce to gifted children to am I safe to fly to where's my soulmate, your life's mission, your lucky streak, and your highest self all come to life with Brilliant Essence. Astrid specializes in spirit communication and spirit life empowerment. She is the founder of Brilliant Essence and contributor to the book Living Our Soul Map. Unleashing the Warrior Goddess Within. For more information on Astrid and Brilliant Essence, go to BrilliantEssence.com. Giving you the power to be. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Get a jump on what your preschool kids need to know with Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten from Stacy Cannonberg. A mom told me this is the book I've been looking for. This book gives me all the information I need about what my kids need to know. And a private school admissions director said this is exactly what we test on. Google it, get it, and get ahead. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten. Applauded and approved by parents and educators. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten is a state-approved teaching tool. On sale now, in stores, or online at cedarvalleypublishing.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Now, today we're talking about the question, what is remarkable? And to so many people, that is, it means so many different things. And we just finished uh, a segment with a, a remarkable woman, Jeannie Dexter, who was just kind of sharing her story and how she's transformed her pain of having an abortion into something that she's using to help and encourage other women. And she left us with a thought that we just were, we loved, and we kind of wrote it down, and she said, one thing we can do is love on the next generation, and I love that. Be a big brother, be a big sister, just get involved and let them know they're okay and just wrap your arms around them and, and, and listen to them. So I think that's a great message that we can each kind of glean from and go into. And I'm speaking of the next generation. We, our next guest is a gal that I have watched. She, she sings like, like an angel and she, and she performs and she does so many remarkable things. And I've watched her on stage and go, okay, I really like her. Not only her, her voice, but it's just her heart that shines out too. And Jennifer T is joining us today. And Jennifer's done some amazing things and has, a great story, because recently we had a campaign at our church, uh, Arizona Hunger, trying to feed people in our valley. And some of our, our ministry teams did a little competition. We're trying to, trying to rally the people in our church to 
to bring donations over Fourth of July and to bring food and help stock our Arizona food banks to really feed the people of Arizona. And so, Jen, you took that really seriously, and it was really a personal story for you. Can you just share just that, that whole experience for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, when it was first brought to my attention that we were going to have a competition on the worship team, um, we pitted altos against sopranos against the tenors. Um, I'm a highly competitive person, and um, every time we've done some sort of competition as a team, I they all joke that whoever's on the alto team is going to win because they're so competitive. But when it came to the Arizona Hunger Campaign, I just um, my heart just broke be honest, because this was something that I had been struggling with for a couple of months already. My daughter um, turned one in July, and I had already come to the conclusion that instead of bringing gifts to my one-year-old, who had so much already, that I wanted people to bring food. And it was something that I had decided before I even knew that there was such a need in Arizona. So then when I heard um, Cal talk about the Arizona Hunger Campaign and you know, what was going on with that, I was convicted again, like, this is me, this is something that I need to do, and then when I heard about the competition at the worship team, I was like, okay, God's definitely telling me something, and um, the reason why it was such a, a heartfelt thing for me is because my mom was a single mom, and she was a single mom without an education, so when we were growing up, I remember specifically, and this is the thing that's ingrained in my head, I remember we didn't have a car and we lived in Arizona and I would remember walking in the heat and the hundred degree temperature down to Salvation Army and getting our box of food for the week. And sometimes we'd be in line with some really scary people as a kid and sometimes we'd be in line with some really, you know, gracious people and wonderful people and I mean, I just remember, I remember the lines, I remember the people, I remember the box, I remember sometimes the box was full of things that as a kid I was excited to eat, and sometimes it was full of things that as a kid I wasn't excited to eat, and <laughs> so I just remember that, and I remember feeling that, um, you know, this is something that I know my mom was embarrassed about, I know it was something that my mom didn't necessarily love doing, but she did it because it was a necessity for her kids. And um, so I don't know. So the whole thing just kind of came full circle for me after I'd heard about the need in Arizona, you know, three times in my heart. And um, I just decided this is something that I needed to do. This is something I needed to do something about. So I love that. And I remember it was a 4th of July celebration. We had our church. We have a bunch of fireworks. And we asked people in the community and people from our church to come and bring a bag full of food to stock the pantry. And, okay, can you tell us how many pounds of food that you, because I think you won the contest, because that I was did. competitive nature. <laughs> and, <laughs> what was, what, yeah. how much food? Um, well, I don't know. I think I was told, because here's the thing, I actually am still getting food and dropping off food. <laughs> So um, I don't know exactly how many pounds, but I think I was told because um, we had a couple of guys and gals weighing everything. I think it was over 4,000 pounds that I brought the day of the weigh-in. Um, I actually had, um, I'm a wedding planner, and so I had a linen company that I've used um, let us file one of their trucks. And so we completely filled up one of their linen trucks and then brought it to the church and unloaded it on the day of the weigh-in, the official worship team competition weigh-in. 
<laughs> and so that day, I think it was 4,000 pounds. And so things have still been trickling in after that. That is amazing. That is truly yeah. remarkable. And it goes back to one person. And how did you do that? I've heard a couple stories of how you recruited. Yeah. Um, basically, again, like I said, I'm a wedding planner. And so I come from a humble background, but I work with people who are very blessed and who have plenty. And so I just decided I wasn't going to be fearful and I was going to be bold and I was just going to ask. And so what I did, literally I came home that night after um, being told of the competition and just cried. I cried on the floor of my living room and my husband's like, what's going on with her? But um, I just cried. I was like, this, this is awful. I mean, the thought of if we didn't have that box of food as a child, my mom having to put us to bed hungry, that just... I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. So at like 3 in the morning that night, I decided to send an email to everybody I'd ever worked with, brides, <laughs> vendors, everybody. I mean, I probably, I think I sent it out in three different emails because I had so many email addresses. So I just basically told my story. I said, hey, here's the deal. I have a daughter who's one, and the thought of having to humble myself to a place where I have to stand in food lines every week for food that I don't know what's going to come. My mom was like a master at making something out of nothing because that's what we had. And um, I just, I can't imagine that. I mean, God blessed me so much as an adult that I just can't imagine being like that. And I can't imagine families having to go through that. And it just, it broke my heart. And I told all that story and I don't even remember what I said, but um, I sent the email out and like literally the next morning, I probably woke up at 730. I already had like six emails back and people showing up at my house. Like I already went to the grocery store and, you know, I have things for you. And um, so after I got that immediate response, I decided, whoa, this is kind of a big deal. I guess people are going to respond. And so then I put it on my blog and um, I also decided to put it on Facebook to go visit my blog, and then a couple of other vendors in the Valley, a photographer um, who also goes to Central, she decided to do a competition to give away a photo session, and she posted my story, and then um, the Royal Palms Resort decided to do a big food drive as well. They didn't actually give me their food. They gave it directly to the Arizona Hunger Campaign, but you know, a lot of other people came on board. A lot of other venues decided to do their own thing. And, I mean, I drove all around the valley for about two weeks just collecting food and collecting money. I mean, I told people, if you don't have time to get food, and, again, I'm a wedding planner, so I work with a lot of people who are like, I don't have time to even plan my own wedding, do that for me. So I didn't think they would have time to go grocery shopping. So I'm like, just send me a check. And I got very generous donations, and then um, me and a couple of other altos on the worship team went shopping, basically, at different places. We watched sales and got a bunch of good things. Again, it was important to me to buy things that when kids got that food box, they were excited to eat it, and it was nutritious and full of value for them. So that's what I did. Well, it's so interesting hearing you talk and just the passion in your voice as well. Um, when we think of our own children, I have three kids, and so many times we don't want them to have to go through hardships. We don't want them to have to deal with pain. And um, just listening to you and Jeannie Dexter, our guests um, prior to you, everything that they're doing to help others is truly motivated out of, out of pain. And I, I find it so interesting because we want to just live life without ever hurting and without ever having to experience that, and yet... 
guaranteed that's always what propels you into motion, into really helping others and, and doing the remarkable. So that's such a neat um, story. And I have to ask you, even now today when you're in a restaurant, because I, I grew up um, uh, not at that level but pretty close, and I really have a hard time not putting my food in a takeout box. Do you struggle oh, with yeah. that when you're eating out? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so funny when you're in a really nice restaurant and you're watching all this food just get carried away on plates. You just go, oh, we have to be oh, able to do something with this food. It can't just go in the trash. Yeah, I actually worked for Einstein Bagels all through high school and college, and every night we'd have to bag up all the bagels for the people to pick up. And so um, after a couple months doing that, I ended up taking them to homeless shelters because I was like, we cannot throw these bagels away at the end of the night. So then I finally got the manager on board to do that, so we had people pick up the bagels. So, yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's that is awesome. That is so neat <laughs> that you did that. You know, and yeah. what I love about your story is that you're doing something about it. You're activating your a passion. You're seeing a need, and you're doing something about it. And I think so many times we see needs, and I know I'm so guilty of this too. You see needs all around. You go, like, somebody should do something about that. And yeah. that somebody is, is us. And it just starts something small, like you said, sending out an email. And it just the, it, you just start getting the, the ball in motion. And like you said, you know, another organization, they, go, they see what you're doing going, we can do that too. And so it's just once you start something, you never know where it's going to lead to or how it can multiply. And especially um, as believers, when we give it over to the Lord, we never know how God's going to multiply that and take that and use that to benefit others. And, and, and there's so much power in the story. I love your story, and, and I think it was the power of your story that motivated people to go, I'm going to get on, on board with this. And I love the way that you use social media. So many times we're so busy, so swamped during our day, and we're working, we have families at home. But how one little sentence out on Twitter, out on Facebook, out through an email can really rally others who can. They can, everybody, once again, it's just tweaking your day 15% and adding something, and we can really make a difference and can be powerful like yours was. Well, and we just have one minute, Jennifer. What is one thing you would just tell people from your own personal experience how they can really activate a passion? Um, I just think it's just, just be bold. I think there's so many needs and there's so many things in this world that could have champions behind them. And so find the thing that makes you want to be bold because you don't get much done if you're timid. And so find that thing that just gives you the energy, gives you the desire, gives you the motivation to really do something about it. So just go big. <laughs> no, and that's such a great point. Go bold and just start it and just get it going. Yeah. And you never know where it can lead and where it can go. And you are... One bold, amazing, remarkable gal, and I think you're really groovy. I just got to tell you that. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. This is Girlfriend on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Bye. 
Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central, part of the Her Inside Network on Toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairytaleWishesInc.com. And for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Celebrate Green is coming to Toginet, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it at no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Caldwell and Corey Caldwell-Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the greening with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We have Michelle Lewis as our next guest. And Michelle, um, you laugh as much as you breathe. So we just love... um, asking you questions and figuring out all the things that you're doing um, to be remarkable. And I have to say one of them would be recently you gave birth in your bedroom to your second child, which is really, truly remarkable. (laughs) So welcome. Hi. Yeah, it it was definitely a remarkable experience. And, well, birth is anyways, whether it's at your house or at the hospital. So, and uh, currently I'm picking Play-Doh up off the floor because that baby is five months old now and some, for some reason he's crawling. So um, I'm not sure. It's pretty early, but yeah. So anyways, there's always something happening around here with two Yes, kids. yes. And as a mom, that is definitely the most remarkable job. And I know as we were talking to you this week, you were saying just some things that, that you're doing in your life to make it easier um, that gives you more time to go out there and, and tweak your day, that 15%. So what are some of the things that um, that you've been doing as a mom of two? Well, um, I can't take credit for this idea, but I have a friend in my mom's group that we meet every Tuesday. Um, the mom's group does. But um, she gathered up some, some of the ladies from that and said, hey, what would it look like if we um, each made – same meal, say five times or ten times or something, froze it, and then met once a month and exchanged frozen meals. 
And that's what we do. And I think they started with just five of them. Then I jumped in on the second month, and there were seven of us. Last month there was 10, and this month will be 13. And I think we're going to cap it right around 13 because um, that, that's a lot of meals. But yeah. it's such a help for us. And so in my freezer right now from the last exchange, I have 10 meals. Well, I've eaten a few, but I had 10 meals. Um, <laughs> And it's just so, it's so helpful. It cuts down on dishes for the day. It cuts down on the work it takes to make a meal. And, you know, it's food on the table for your family. So it has just really made a difference in my day. And it's given me time to do other things besides cook every single day. So, Well, yeah, there's it's, a it's quote a that says, if you don't like how something is going for you, change it. If something isn't enough, change it. If something doesn't suit you, change it. If something doesn't please you, change it. You don't ever have to be the same after today. And even just doing that, like cooking isn't, I mean, you you love to cook, but sometimes that's not always um, in your, you know, daily ritual because you don't have time. So it's really cool because you took that and you changed it. And you realize, okay, there's something out there that I can do to make my life a little bit easier. So that you, you made me laugh the other night because you said, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I don't know if I will, but it really, I mean, food, food is important. We need to eat and it's great and you want good food and all that. But it's like we spend so much time just making and preparing food and then cleaning up after it. And, you know, it's, it's so fun to have someone over for dinner and then not have to clean, spend all that time cleaning up afterwards. You can just sit down and talk or, um, you know, just not spend so much time in the kitchen. Just being, you know, I don't know, be in the living room, on the floor playing with your kids or, you know, spending time with your husband. And it's really, I'm really enjoying it. And I work from home, so um, I, it allows me to fit some more time in doing the things that I love with that. So. Anyway, and what I like really about helpful. that concept is you're doing it with girlfriends. You're having fun because I am not a cook, and neither is Patty, and we, we have no shame in admitting that. And if it wasn't for <laughs> fast food growing up, my kids, I don't know what their diet would have looked like. I'm not totally that bad, but, but pretty close. <laughs> but um, I don't like to do it by myself. And so I, I know like now I have my daughters um, over, and, and I like to cook with them. And are cooked with, you know, with somebody. And so I think that's a kind of a cool thing. Then you get together, you know, like, okay, we're going to get together and share this and have some girlfriend time. And that's yeah. A- yeah, it's really, really fun. I mean, we, we show up with our huge coolers and we pile our meals in and exchange them. And, you know, it's, it's kind of nerdy, sort of, but not really because then we get to spend and we don't bring our kids Friday night. Kids are at home in bed, you know, and it's just so nice to have that quiet time with girlfriends. And you're you're also taking care of your families. It's purposeful. It's, it's girlfriend time and it's meal exchange. So, yeah. Okay, so how do you guys organize this? If somebody's out there listening, they go, okay, I want to do this. So what does it look like to organize this? Well, um, the girl who started it, her name's Jackie, she just created a Facebook group. And it's a closed group, so she invited everyone into the group, and then we communicate through that. That's probably the best way to communicate. And we all bought the same pans, so when we exchange our food, we're just getting, you know, the same pans back. Um, they're actually, they're, they're really good pans. Um, and anyway, so we do that. And then, let's 
see. Um, yeah, then we just make our meals and we we exchange them. And, um, you know, I think one of the girls is going to put together a survey online and we can say, hey, we like this, we didn't. It's a little, I'll admit, I mean, it's, it's a little nerve-wracking. You're making meals for women you don't necessarily, I mean, some of the women I don't even know. Um, I'm getting to know them, but it's, you know, it's nerve-wracking. I don't know if they're going to like the meal I like. So um, we're going to do a survey online, and that will just allow people to say, hey, this is great. Make this every time or every other time. Or, no, this one didn't work for my family, which is fine. I'd rather get honest back. So we're going to do a little bit of that. Um, and then, yeah, we just exchange the meals. We pile them up on the table and, you know, switch them out. So, um, and then... Yeah, that, I mean, that's, it's pretty, pretty simple. And, you know, as you get more people, it can get a little bit more complicated. I know this, I got a, an email from the group saying, hey, I, I'm missing my meatloaf or, you know, I'm missing this casserole. Did anyone get an extra? So next time we might need to be a little bit more organized in the exchange. <laughs> we're, just, we're just learning as we go. Well, you know what's interesting is this, this whole area of food because there's, there's those that love to cook and, it, it, like, really energizes them. And then there's those of us that it's not so much and it doesn't really energize us. And it's, it's interesting yeah. because, you know, like, when people have a baby or whatever and they ask, you know, people to take in meals. And I got to tell you, that always, like, drains me because I feel so inadequate to take a meal because that same thing. Are they going to like it? And I'm sure they've gotten other wonderful, wonderful meals, and you never know exactly what to put together. I'd almost rather go clean their toilet than put a meal together. That's how... That's how significant it is to me. And I think there's a lot of women like that. And so it can be intimidating, but I think it's also a great opportunity to learn something, too, and just get past that. Well, yeah, and I yeah. know during the holidays, you get so many invites to cookie exchanges, and which, you know, obviously is yummy. But to have that many cookies in your house, and I know, you know, it's nice because then you can give them out to neighbors and do all kinds of fun things. But I love the actual entree um, rather than the cookie exchange, because that okay. Let me ask you two confession, Patty, <laughs> Patty Wyatt. Would you bring a frozen meal to your to the food exchange, or would you actually cook something? <laughs> you mean, in other words, when I go to Sam's Club and like get twelve lasagnas? <laughs> Probably. Okay, okay, Michelle. We have a funny story because one time we were with a group of women, and um, I had recently had a dinner party, and I had gone to Sam's Club and just bought the lasagna, you know, bought the packaged salad, <laughs> bought the packaged French bread, and I had everybody over because that is what was doable for me. And um, soon after that, as we were driving with a group of gals, one of the gals said, I can't believe someone would, like, invite others over to your house <laughs> for dinner and, like, buy a store-bought lasagna or, you know, oh. some, some Sam's Club frozen entree. And, um, yeah, it's one of those going, oh, you won't be on my invitation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely, with a group like this, you can't have people that are, are picky. And that's what we've learned is, like, you know, everyone, no one is picky. If it's food on the table, it counts. It's good. Count. It made our job easier. So, yeah. So that that is funny. That's really funny. Well, um, I think do you guys even oh. do, like, recipes? Because I know sometimes like, stuff like that, I go, I don't even know what to fix. And do you guys have certain things so you're not getting duplicates? I'm just thinking, because I know there's a lot of people out there going, okay, this is a great idea. I would love to get this going. But then some of us, 
when it comes to the organization part to it, like how do we really break this down so it's really doable? Like you said, you have the same pans. I wouldn't have thought of that. Um, do you guys like, do you guys put out recipes so people aren't, you're not get, walking home with six frozen lasagnas? Yeah, we, yeah. Well, first of all, it goes back to not being picky. But um, with thir- you know, since there's 13 of us now, you're going to have duplicates of, of some things maybe, but we do try to use, you know, the Facebook group as a forum to say, um, hey, I'm going to make, I'm going to make lasagna and probably someone else won't make lasagna. But then, you know, you might get a few other Italian dishes like a big CD or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, there's a lot of variety, a lot of variety. Um, and, oh, we had the best. I mean, I didn't know you could, you could freeze meatloaf. That's been amazing. Um, I didn't know like a chicken pot pie. I would have never thought. And the girl made it, and she made it all from scratch. She roasted whole chickens and made her own broth. I mean, just, I'm really glad she's in my group. <laughs> Don't you so, love um, it when women really do step up and do Remarkable? And that's, well, even in the cooking area. And it, it really goes to show you that um, just from all our different guests today, that Remarkable really looks different to different people. And there's so many different areas in our lives that we can really be Remarkable and shine. And, like, you were just sharing this area of just cooking, and somebody might going, okay, that's, not a big deal, but it really is a big deal, and it benefits family and it's girlfriend time. So I think just a challenge for all of us is, like, we all can do something today to make a difference and that will, that will truly be defined as remarkable to somebody else. Yeah, definitely. Okay, but you know what? So many times to do the remarkable, you do need to change. You need to change something along the way. You need to change an old habit. You need to change your way of thinking. Um, you need well, to... Sacrifice, and I know you don't like that word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. I feel like if you're hitting a passion point, it's not sacrifice. It, you're just so passionate to, to make it happen. But I, I realize that sometimes that means lack of sleep and lack of, of other things that you're having to eliminate. But um, I also like what Jen T. said about just being bold. I, I, you know, if you're not bold, if you're just going to be invisible, then you're not going to be doing the remarkable. And I know that's really hard especially for women that are more introverted where you, uh, you know, you're not going to put yourself out there. But sometimes even if you can put yourself out there in, um, like, through social media where it's not you face-to-face. But, um, well, you know, it's been such a fun show and talking about Remarkable, and we are so glad you all tuned in. So go out and do the Remarkable today and change the world. We'll go friend of blog with you next week. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show designed.